This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it because we are joined by the one the only miss kaya jones hello hi how are you i'm good how are you what is going on today uh i had uh, my pilates earlier this morning and try to get a, a ton of work done before uh, a large hump interview tomorrow so Try to get a lot done. <laughs> Try to get a lot done. You're doing it all at once, right? But I'm not driving. But I'm not driving. I was going to say, as soon as I saw you in the car, I was like, listen, stranger things have happened here behind the velvet rope. Sometimes people do things. I was like, if you can do an interview and drive at the same time, I was like, you're very, you're, you're multi-talented. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Definitely not. Not today. Where are you in the world? Oh, I'm in Florida. I'm in Florida. How have you been holding up during the whole pandemic? Like, how have you been? Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. Like, when it started, we, um, you know, my significant other's dad was really sick. So we actually had to take care of a dying man from cancer. Uh, so we had to, you know, be very careful in New Jersey, making sure, like, he didn't get exposed to anything. So we were super careful. Um and that was really what we had to deal with. So we really weren't in this whole like fearful part of the COVID. We were more like, we have to take care of someone who is not well. And that kind of gave us purpose to kind of just focus on not ourselves, someone else. Um, and then it was, you know, after he passed, but it was, we knew because it was stage four cancer that that was, you know, it was not going to end well. Right. Um, we decided to move to Florida and, you know, I've been doing great, honestly, um, really well. Um, have a new show on Life Network for Women, been now leading in praise and worship at City of Destiny, which is where Pastor Paula has been ministering, and preparing, like, the new uh, Conflict Studios. So I've been doing all of that, new music coming. I've been doing good. I've been doing good. And it's also good to be in a sunshine state. What's happening mentally right now is actually more damaging than just the COVID. I mean, there's other things that kill people other than COVID. Uh, and we've forgotten about that. We don't have those discussions. But the suicide rates are through the roof. People with depression, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, this is not moving in a positive light. They need to figure it out, figure it out fast. Seriously. Because that's the yeah. thing. I mean, I said that the whole time. Like, you know, you have a roof, if you have a roof over your head, which is most people you know, it might be a 50,000 square foot house or it's, you have a roof, you're still inside. It yeah. really is your mind that, it, you know, will lead you astray in these matters. Yeah. Well, yeah. I definitely want to talk about all the new music and everything, but before we get there and the new show, let's start at the beginning. 
So yeah. you were born in Toronto, Canada, and you grew up in Las Vegas. So what is yeah. it like to grow up in Las Vegas? Oh, um, it's, it's interesting. You know, you don't live on the strip, right? Everyone's like, oh, you lived on the strip. It's like, no, we lived in homes. We didn't live in hotels. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was very, the weather was always very hot, um, because you're in the desert. Um, my asthma went away. It was great. Now, of course, allergies are happening for people that live there because they've now brought so many different kinds of plants to Nevada. So allergies have changed from when I was a kid, but you moved there if you didn't, you know, if you had an asthmatic kid, the asthma would have gone away. Um, so I loved it as a kid and I got into, you know, dance classes and all that stuff. And it was very normal to like walk through a casino to get to eat and you get to see Rio Rita who was like you know the face of the Rio at the time and she'd be wearing her big headdress and you know it just very glamorous for sure um but it was a little strip of light you know the 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 whole strip was just this tiny strip of light when you would fly in it was and then the rest was dark now when you fly in it's a sea it's now a metropolitan um but it was very cool I I enjoyed growing up in Vegas was being around all that show business, is that like where you kind of got the bug to kind of go into the business? Oh, even before that, even before that, I wanted to perform. I mean, I was always like dancing to Madonna when I was like two. I wanted to perform. I wanted to, I just loved performing and I loved the way it made me feel. Music, I remember, you know, I was six years old watching Whitney Houston sing the National Anthem at the Super Bowl. And I remember that was the night that I said I wanted to do that. That was the defining moment. I wanted to do what she just did because it was like so powerful and she wasn't jumping around. She just was standing there. There was, it was just this, this voice that came out of her. And I was just like, what an incredible power. Like you don't really need to jump around. You can just sing. Whoa. And, um, and I remember that was like the beginning of me going to the foot of my bed for seven years and praying to God, like, dear God, one day will you give me a voice like Whitney Houston? And every year it changed, right? As I fell in love with Nina Simone or I fell in love with Mariah Carey or Celine Dion or, you know, even Steven Tyler, like whoever it was, I just would pray, God, will you give me a voice like? And then, um, and then sheer accident, I went with a friend to an audition and they liked my look and they asked me if I could sing. And, you know, I had never tried and I ended up getting the job. So that was the beginning of me understanding, oh, wait, you gave me a voice because nobody in my family sings. They can't even yodel. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> so it was like, it was like that, if that makes any sense. And what job was that? Like, because the Pussycat Dolls was not your first job, right? No. So that was, uh, that was to, that was to be a Britney Spears impersonator on a cruise ship. Then she had just had to hit me baby one more time. So, you know, I just went in and basically was like, you know, did the whole car starter Britney Spears thing and they were like okay you get the job and, and I was like you know if I could do this maybe I'd want to do me I don't want to copy anyone you know so then I started trying to sing for everybody that I could and my mom uh we couldn't afford vocal lessons um a lot of people don't know my father was incarcerated so went from you know growing up in Vegas and having a nice lifestyle my father being incarcerated then my mom being a single mother on really not having the means to take vocal lessons. So it became going to karaoke bars as a child and paying a dollar to sing. And that was my vocal workout. That was how I got to sing in front of people. And um, 
and then six months later singing for someone that, you know, eventually passed me along to a Polish pop star, did some work with him, and then ultimately auditioned for R. Kelly, not even a year later, and that's when I was signed to him. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I was still only like 13, 14 at that point. So Pussycats all happened just at the tail end of me turning 17. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I hear 13, 14 and R. Kelly. Like, did you, what was that like? Nope. Nothing like what has been said. And that's actually what's most disheartening is because I genuinely don't know what to believe. I only can say what I saw. And I've seen a lot of not so good things in the industry that I have called my home for 20 years. Um, I've never in my life saw anything with him that was strange. Hand of God. Never. So my jaw was on the floor when I heard these allegations. I never saw anything like that. He was never inappropriate with me. Never. Now, that may have been because I wasn't his type or he, I was signed to him and he knew I can't mess with that little girl. I don't know. But I genuinely never saw that side of that man. So that was very strange when I heard. And the amount of women that came forward, also very strange. So I, I, I don't have words for that one. But no, nothing funny. Right, like you didn't see it anywhere and you didn't feel it either towards yourself. No, he was actually, I'll be honest with you, he was a drill sergeant. I mean, I remember going in and, you know, doing one, you know, he did everything by tape. There was no like cut and paste at that time. Music wasn't digital. It was still in the format of, you know, tape. So how you start and how you finish, if you don't do it right and you get it all the way through to the end and you mess up, again. I remember doing one song 111 times. Wow. 111 times. And he would have me go over and do Jumping Jacks. And if he goes, go to J- Jumping Jacks in the corner. And I'd go and I'd be doing Jumping Jacks. I'd get to the you know, mic and I'd be like, <sighs> you know, out of breath. And he's like, no, that's not what I want. I want you to push it out. You know, that's the kind of, he was like, I want you to get emotional. I want you to know what to do with your voice. And I, I didn't know what he was meaning because I hadn't learned control over this thing that I prayed for that I got. He wouldn't let me go to the bathroom because he knew I'd cry. He said there was no crying and singing. Um, he was a drill sergeant. So that's, that's kind of why I'm like, what, what are you talking about? This guy was like doing all this stuff. I, have you met him? He was like disciplined. There was no funny business with me at all. And I never saw it. And I was under his wing for two years. So I find it odd that I never saw anything. Two years is a lot. What, what were you doing? Like you were, what were you hiring? Like he was just teaching you or you were background singing? Oh, he, I was uh, under a production deal with him. He had Gaudi and Boo also signed under him at the time. They, you know, they did that song Fiesta with Jay-Z. Uh, Gaudi and Boo got brought up by Cash Money, but because I was under development, um, and at the time I was actually under Universal. I didn't find out that later until, uh, you know, I signed with Pussycat Dolls and Universal I'm signed with. And I've, I've been signed with Universal since I was a little girl. I had wow. no idea that, actually, yeah. So, um so he was really, yeah, he, he training me, giving me information on how to make my song better, how to make my sound better, working with his writers, working with his engineers. So it's, 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 it's a development. You, they develop yeah. you into what ultimately you become. So, um, and no then, going to we, the bathroom, no going to the bathroom, no crying. What else did you learn from R. Kelly? Um, 
how to really how to really sing, how to really get emotional, how to not always sing what you like. He, uh, I remember in the audition with him, the first time I ever sang for him, I went and I sang Amazing Grace, and I sang I Will Survive, right? And uh, I remember he just was like, you know, when you come in an audition, and I knew it was over. It's like, when you come to an audition, you know, you sing what's going to show what you can do, not what you like. And I remember thinking, like, this is over. I blew it. And I jumped up and I said, I can do Celine Dion. I can do Celine. And he was like, you can do Celine, do Celine. And I did my best. And, and that's the same song, actually. <laughs> Not the same song, but same artist I did for the Pussycat Dolls. And, um, and I knew, and I picked Celine going into the Pussycat Dolls audition because of what R. Kelly told me. And I crushed it when I sang her. And people don't sing her. They stay away from her because she's a gold medalist. You're not going to try a gold medalist singer unless you know you're going to really blow that microphone and that, you know, house off the lid. Like you're going to show tune it. You're going to theater it. You're going to really bring. I mean, Celine should just throw up her arms because she's a gold medalist. When yeah. she's done singing, she is like a Barbara Streisand. She's such a perfectionist, so talented. So when I went to the Pussycat Doll Edition and I saw like, you know, Christina Aguilera, all great singers. But I knew that all the girls would pick those songs. And I knew they wouldn't touch Celine. And I picked Celine. And I think that's why I stood out and ended up getting the job in the dolls. is because of what he taught me, which was not about what you want to sing. It's about what you know can show what you can do. Right? What you're capable of bringing. So uh, that's what got me signed to R. Kelly. And I, I applied that same thing, not even three or four years later, into the Pussycat Doll audition. So we have R. Kelly to thank for you being in the Pussycat Dolls. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. And how did this first audition come about? And like, how was it billed to you? Because it wasn't a music group at that time, right? No, they were a burlesque group. So, you know, the R. Kelly deal goes awry because uh, Aaliyah dies August 22nd. 9-11 happened a few weeks later. And uh, the world kind of stopped. America kind of was just like, we were, you know, we were at war. We didn't understand what had happened. And um, he was going through a change in his record company um, for it to, you know, to jive music from background. So um, Cash Money bought out Gaudi and Boo. And then he just kind of held on to me and said, look, I'm going to hold on to you for three years or five albums, whichever is greater. And that's when I came up with the name Kaya. I said, if I come up with Kaya, if I sing it with another name, not Crystal, my birth name. If I sing under another name, will you let me go? Because um, I had heard Prince did this. You know, the artist formerly known as Prince. So I was like, that might work. And, and he said, if you can get signed under another name, I'll let you go. And I went and auditioned at Capitol Records. And I got a development deal at Capitol. And then Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols comes into my audition. Or uh, my, not really audition, I guess you could say my rehearsal space. But it was still early in my deal. So I was still kind of you know, auditioning for them, making sure I was on point. And uh, he said, you should put Jones at the end of your name and tell her you're my daughter. And I was like, you know what? I should. Like, who could say a sex postal name? Then I'm going to take the name. And that's how Kaya Jones was born. Um, and, you know, by the time then, you know, that deal doesn't go through because I'm 
singing punk rock. I'm not a punk rock singer. I've been trained by R. Kelly. I've been trained by this, like, the king of R&B, other than, like, James Brown and Ike Turner. Like, these are, these are the men of rhythm and blues. Um, and I'm in punk, and I'm not feeling it, but Avril Lavigne was the big thing, so they were trying to find a new version of Avril, and I'm like, that's not me either. Um, and that deal, after six months, didn't go well. You know, I pulled out of that deal. Um, they understood. They didn't feel that it was going anywhere either. And I had six months of just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I worked at BCBG. I was pretty, pretty down. I thought I was going to like take my life actually. Cause I, at that point I was 17 and I had never had a real job. I had graduated high school with tutors. I never had a prom. I didn't know how to do anything other than sing. So now to be 17 and all the girls I work with are going to college and they, you know, and they can afford to, their dad bought them their car. And my dad was, you know, coming out of incarceration and, um, I was just in a really bad way. And I remember seeing MTV News said, Gideon Diego, MTV News. He said, the Pussycat Dolls are having an open call audition. For more information, go to mtvnews.com. And I went to MTV News and got the information. I was like, how am I going to get a ride to LA? I'm in Las Vegas at the time. And I begged a friend. And she drove me. And she got back in her car. She drove me there at 6 a.m. And I'm like, wait, aren't you going to stay? And she said, no, I got to get back to Vegas. I got to get back to work. And I said, what do you mean? You can't, you can't leave. Like, you got to stay. I have no way to get back home. And she said, honey, you are home. You're going to get it. And so I went in with that mindset. You know, I went in with, this is mine. I'm going to get it. And so I remember, uh, you know, when they, they narrowed down from the 2,000 girls that day to, you know, 200 to 40 to 20 to, you know, and the top 20 was at that night by 9 p.m. They had the top 20 and I still made the cut. Um, and I thought I was going to sleep outside on the stoop because my phone had died. I had no ride to stay with my other friend who was, you know, lived in L.A. And uh, the one of the editors from Allure magazine, she actually drove by and she said, honey, do you need a ride? She was in the room when I auditioned. And I said, yes. And she she dropped me off and she told me in the car, she said, you know, you and Melody Thornton, we're really keeping our eyes out for you guys. You guys are very talented. So you and her are the top two. Just, you know, keep in mind, if this doesn't work out for you, you're going to have a job somewhere because you have the ability to do this. And I just remember thinking, like, cool. Um, and the next day I went and they narrowed down from, you know, that's when I did the Celine Dion, <laughs> the Celine Dion moment. That's really what I say, Celine. Um, up until that point, I'd done the Alicia Keys fallen um and then uh you know then I sang Celine in the top 20 because they gave us songs that, that we had to pick from and, right. and artists and I decided to go with um I decided to go with uh, Celine she was the last on the list and I was like no one's gonna do her and and they didn't uh but a lot of people mirrored each other and did a lot of the same song and and I think that probably cost them the job because ultimately they picked something that the last girl did or the girls after them. So you're not going to be memorable. You got to stand out. You got to make them go. That doesn't make sense. You know, you pull focus. Yeah. Um, and me and Melody came down to the, we were then chosen into two and then they had another audition bringing in another three girls. Um, and then they narrowed us down then to Nicole, Melody and me. And go back to, you mentioned Christina Aguilera, like she was in this line with these 2,000 no, no, people? No, 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 but, oh. no, but I, I bring her up because um, she's, 
she went, had sang a lot with the Pussycat Dolls on the Sunset Strip with their burlesque troupe. So a lot of people picked songs from Christina. Okay, I was like, Christina interviewed for that. Oh, I wish. I was I like, was trying like, to, I was like, what? <laughs> She's an incredible vocalist. Um, incredible. Uh, and, and, and Melody actually sounded a lot like her. You know, so she actually held court. If you were trying to sing like Christina and you went after Melody, you weren't going to get in because Melody was a beast and she still is. Um, I have mad respect for Melody with her voice. Very talented, very talented girl. So the whole audition really was like what? To be part of a burlesque group and also sing and do burlesque in Vegas or just Los Angeles? No, essentially what happened was Jimmy Iovine, you know, the president of Universal, he came to the Pussycat Dolls show when Gwen Stefani was doing a guest spot for the Pussycat Dolls. And he watched it and was like, this is, you know, in his words, this is money. If we can find three girls to put into this that can sing and dance, this is going to be big. And so they scouted then for that. So we were coming into a group of burlesque women whose friends were fired for our, our position and to be able to come into this group. So there was this, this, you know, there was a discalculation of a understanding. You know, you have girls that are like, we've been a team and a family. And us coming in thinking like, oh, yeah, we get to form with you guys and not really understanding that their friends have been cut for us to be able to do this. But if they could do what we could do, we wouldn't be there. So there was this kind of the singers and the dancers. There were the dancers that tried to sing and the singers that were trying to dance, if that makes sense. So that That makes sense. So you were hired into this existing group, but knowing that it was going to be a music group with a contract, like that was the goal. Cause that didn't exist when you were hired, but that was the goal. No, it it was going to be turned into a music group. Yeah. I, I came in, you know, that was, yeah. So it wasn't from a dancing side. Right. So we all had to be able to dance. (laughs) We all had to have that skill. Um, and, you know, they cut the first 2,000 to 200 in Dancing Alone. And I remember being so scared because I was like, I'm more of a singer than I'm a dancer. Like, Lord, let me get through this because I was freaking out. I was freaking out. It, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough. Do you remember anything from the audition process about Nicole? Um, no, because she wasn't part of the audition process. Uh, she was engaged to Nick Hexum from 311. So she actually got intel to walk into the, really what was the final four women. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your 
first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROW. So she actually got a leg up. And um, I remember a lot of the girls were very, you know, they were catty about it. They were like, well, this girl just shows up. And and I kind of was like, hey, if she's hot, she's hot. You know, I didn't care. If, if you're good at what you do, it doesn't matter if there's 100 people in the room or there's two people in the room. You got to show it. And once I heard her and saw her, I was like, you know, we became best friends, actually. That's really where then the, you know, the decision to walk then was hard because I was best friends with Nicole. So to watch my friends turn into something unrecognizable for money and for fame, um, and really ultimately was the Nicole show when it wasn't, it was no longer a group. It became the Nicole show. That's when I said, you know what? I want to be a part of something bigger. I want I thought we were going to be like the Spice Girls, not like, you know, Diana Ross and the Supreme. So I'm, I'm walking. And that was my choice. And that was hard. That was hard because there were many layers, but it, it, it affected the group. And you, you know, you can talk to all of the women differently. They all have had their moment with, we weren't a team. There's no I in team. You know what I mean? It's, it's a team. Yeah. And we weren't a team. We became, uh, we became something else. And so as far as the audition process, like when you made it down, it was you and yeah. four people. What then Nicole like was part of that final four that like bypassed the first thousand rounds. She bypassed it because of who she was friends with and, and what she, you know, who, how she was able to get in and she was beautiful. So she got everyone's attention. Um, and then, uh, then from the five, then they narrowed it down to the top three. And that was for, that was at the Viper Room. They said it's going to be industry only. And I remember being like, oh, my gosh, like, who's that going to be? You know, like, it, managers, ages. Like, that was in my head. And I remember I was the first one out with the song Fever. And I nearly lost it. Like, I was trying to remember the words because I get down, like, crouched down. And I look straight out. And it's like Bon Jovi, 50 Cent, Eve. J.C. Shaw's, Justin Timberlake. I mean, it was like every single person that does what we do. Gwen Stefani. I mean, it was just like Bono. I was like, what is, what, Dr. Dre? What? So it was all people that did what we did. So there was no, like, faking. Um, and I remember Nicole was like, why didn't you say something to the back? I'm like, what am I going to scream? Like, everyone that you grew up to and adore is about to make the choice. And, yeah, then they decided who would then be the top three. And that was ultimately how we became the top three that then were inserted into a group that already was pre-existing as a burlesque troupe that lip sync. Hey guys, there's big news from my favorite home security company. Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. That's right, Simply Safe, the system that US News and World Report names best home security system of 2021, just got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and need to help keep you and your family safe. I love that it zooms in eight times. This means that you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. It has a built-in spotlight with color night vision so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. It's super simple to set up and usually takes just minutes. The camera also integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together, it means every door, window, room, 
and your property are now protected. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/slash velvet robe. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in their interactive monitoring program. What's more important than keeping your home and property safe? Once again, that's simplysafe.com slash velvet robe. Did the audience have any say in who these people were? Like did 50 Cent and Justin Timberlake get to weigh in on this? Yeah, yeah. So they got to choose uh, me, Melody, and Nicole. So I think it was like, um, I think it was Bono or Bon Jovi, Gwen, Eve, some of the people that picked me. Um, I think Dr. Dre was on people that picked Nicole. Like, yeah. So you got to hear who was like interested in, in what you did. Wow. And I thought you were cool. Yeah. yeah. So it was who was cool. a fan of yours? Bon Jovi, Bono, and Eve? I believe that was, there were a few, there were a few more. I don't remember all of them, but those were the top that always penetrated my head right away because um, I was always, you know, big fans of them growing up. So that was pretty cool that they were like, she's cool. Yeah. Do you remember anyone that you were a big fan of that was like, I don't know about her? Like you heard like a Justin or something saying, I don't know about that one, where you were just like devastated. I mean, it all worked out. You got no. it. No, no, no. Everyone was kind. Everyone was kind. I think, you know, because we, you know, they, they had narrowed down to the top women at that point. So everyone deserved to be there. There wasn't a girl that didn't earn a, a spot. Now it came down to who is the best fit aesthetically now uh, and sound wise for what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So you got it and Nicole got it and Melanie got it. So that worked out. So once you got it and you started, like, was it amazing in the beginning or was there this, it was good in the beginning? Oh yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing because we were doing what we love. We were, you know, we were becoming something very unique. The abuse started on the back end of, you know, the daily, what you eat, who you could date, who you were speaking to, the control then began. Um, you know, I always talk about the den mother from hell and, you know, at 36 years old, I'm not 17 or 18 anymore. You know, we made that woman a lot of money and oh. she's attacked Robin. She's attacked me directly saying that I was never in the group when you can pull footage from Divas Live where I'm singing. She had the audacity to tell people from TMZ that um, I was a dancer I'm like, well, I'm the only one in the group that won a Grammy since. So it's safe to say a dancer doesn't do that. Okay. So yeah, I take, I take heart because she broke us. She broke us. She mentally broke these girls down. And I don't believe that's the right way to go about things. When you have young women that are singing for you and your group, she owned us. You know, she owned the group. She created the schedule. Um, very accomplished woman. We looked up to her. We looked up to her. We, we, we trusted her. We wanted to please her. We wanted to always make her happy. You know, I don't have any of my baby photos anymore. She threw my baby photos away. The abuse was serious with this person. Um, you know, you, you had to get abortions if you were pregnant. And I'm very, I'm very honest about this stuff because if she ever wanted to sue me, come on, uh, let's go. You know, the countersuit will be there. I don't play games when it comes to this stuff because it damaged me and it damaged other girls. And I think that that needs to be said. As far as the music side of the fence went, our music industry has highs and lows. There's good, bad, and indifferent people. 
But I always found my way because I never slept with the men that had control of the industry. I always did my job and I always respected them. And I think if you're a young woman in the the music industry and you hold yourself with integrity, you will be okay. But realize you're in a room with a lot of people that could eat you alive if you let it. And, um, you know, but I definitely was not meek and weak. I've been around enough men in the industry to really kind of know don't be flirty. Don't do that. You know, so, you know, I had to find my footing, but as far as how, you know, what we were paid, how we were treated and that kind that came from the woman that ran the puppet string. Uh, it, it wasn't fun. So Robin Anton, which is her name. You don't seem to want to say her name. I pray for her. I pray for her. I really do. I really do. Cause she knows what she did to us. She knows. And I have my journals that I kept. Uh, you know, my mom started my journals for me because it was tough. And, you know, and yeah, you know, but, but when you attack the integrity of what I've said or say that, um, that I wasn't a part of something that helped make you a millionaire, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack back. And when you try to sue the Daily Mail because you know they have more money, um, and it didn't work out because I helped the Daily Mail giving them all of the intel that I have. You know, I have all my ducks in a row and proof of what I went through. You know, what we were paid, my journal entries. Um, yeah, you know, when someone throws away all your baby photos or you get midnight phone calls about what you ate for the day, um, you know, all of us, you know, Melody always had to straighten her hair. She could never have curly hair because that was, you know, that, was, that didn't look good enough. I had to always wear flats. Nicole had to get a breast job. I mean, the, the, you know, listen, all the women will eventually tell the truth. And I, I'll get a big apology and people will go, whoa, like she was never lying. You know, um, but I, I think, you know, I wish her well and I pray for her. But I, I don't have any uh, need to say her name. I think she's gotten a lot of credit and made a lot of money. I don't, I don't need to give her any more glory. If anything, she was a dead mother from hell. And that's what I want to call her. When did that type of, so you get in the group, like you said, like you wanted this, you're in this room with 50 Cent and all these people, like what a dream, you know, after going through a dark period, after R. Kelly, you get it, you're signed. So like when it was good in the beginning, like when did this type of behavior start? Like how soon? Like a month, a year, four months, like just a process. I'm just so pretty much right away. I mean, everything that we did was like, had to be approved by her down to the lipstick that we wore. Um, you know, I could never have nude lips. She always used to say I looked like a playmate. I always had to wear red lipstick. Um, you know, there's just the things that then end up making you really question when you're a young girl, you just want to be yourself, but we were dolls. We were basically, you have to look this way and you have no say in it. So there was a lot of rebellion in me. I think I rebelled, like, I'm going to go get tattoos. Don't tell me what to do. Like, you know, I had to fight my way out of, you know, becoming something that was caged. You know, I could have really gotten into the drugs and, you know, criminal activity. And like, my dad was incarcerated. I was, you know, molested as a young girl. Like, I went through a lot. So I clawed my way to get into the music industry and to have a stance and then to be abused mentally. Sorry. That's okay. To be abused, to be abused mentally. That really kind of then, like, it broke. It broke me for sure, you know. Um, that 
counteracted with what Nicole then started to do affected us all. And it was a two-tier effect. It wasn't one tier. So when people say, what does it take? It's like, well, if, if one girl does something and then all the girls then are, are uh, you know, put out to pasture because, you know, hey, she slept with this executive. So you all must be like that, right? That creates a tone. It created a tone. And it affected the group. And I think all of the women eventually will have their say in what they went through. But it's not my place to talk about their abuse. And it's not my place to talk about what I think they went through. Even though I may have seen or may know in my heart what they went through, I can only talk about my own. But do I think uh, it's very telling when Melody didn't join the reunion? Uh, yeah, good for her. Because I, I'm not lying. And I can't wait until each and every one of them has has the balls to really say, uh, you know, what they all went through. What? No, I agree. This, cause you said a few things. So I just have a question. So like when you got midnight calls about like, what, like, did you, yeah. did you eat like a burger today or like you uh, checking in on? Oh food? no, it was like, um, I had cheese on my egg. I wasn't allowed to have cheese. You so know? like nightly uh, calls. Oh from, yeah. And, and, that know, came, and that came directly from. Robin. Robin. Yeah. You can't have cheese. You get bacon. I mean, if you looked at your body, you're not allowed to have bacon. I mean, you're so fat, Kaya. Those are the day. Those are daily. I remember on Diva's Live, as I'm underneath the stage, and the engineer is putting the pack behind my ear and the sound, and I'm down there with Melody. She literally turns to me and goes, "You look like you have pizza sewn on your ass." I'm not making this up. Like, it was horrific. And I'm about to go in front of 23,000 people in-house and 25 million people worldwide on VH1 Divas Live. And you're breaking me. And you're breaking us. And, you know, so that's why I said the comment about the other girl group and one of the girls, you know, really hitting a mentally hard time and doing something to herself. Because am I shocked? Not at all. Not at all. You break young women down and you get a weak bird. That's what happens. So in my opinion, I'm sticking my guns to that one. I think that's what happened. And what, what group is that? Because I don't even know what you're... I don't remember the name, but there's a few groups that came after us that she created as well. Okay. But um, Something happened in that. Yeah. What, how does one... Because one thing that stuck out, how does one have all their childhood pictures thrown away? Like, what's, how does that happen? Oh, my friends, can we, get yeah, come in. Hold <laughs> oh, on a second. Your friend's gonna be <laughs> like. Yeah, no, she's cool. She's actually a traitor, pride extraordinaire. Um, no, so she actually, um, she asked us for our baby pictures because she was doing before they were put together, right? And so I didn't have many. Like I said, my childhood was pretty tumultuous. So I didn't have a ton, right? But I had a few. And that was all I had. And I remember I wanted to make copies of them. And she was like, no, 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 no. Just give them to me. I'm getting all of the different girls' photos. And, you know, eventually I asked for them back. I never got them back. And actually, Stacey Ferguson, Fergie, you know, sweet Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. Fergie actually called her for me 
and was like, hey, can Kai get her photos back? She's like, I threw them away. I mean, my mom wants to punch her in the face for that one. So <laughs> that's a whole different story. But I'm being serious. Like, how can, I, what, really, can anyone make all of this up? It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to drive or do you want to? No, I'm going to drive. Why is it far? Well, yeah, we got to get, we'll be late. If we, we have a yoga thing, and yeah. I don't even have a mat. They have a mat there? Oh, my gosh. Is that? Yeah. I mean, I just don't want to, whatever. If you can drive and do this at the same time. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Maybe you can hold it. Here, I'll hold it for you. Okay. As long as you okay. sound good, it doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter if I see you as long as I, as long as I can hear okay. you. Um, Sorry for all of the honesty. So that's what's happening with Robin. So how does it start with Nicole? Like, how does, you said it was two tiers. Um, um, well, I mean, Nicole chose, you know, she just, she really wanted it to be, she wanted to be successful. You know, success isn't something that people, you know, they fight for, you know, but, um, but being driven, you know, I can't falter for that. I pray for her again. That's kind of where, what I've become. I've become very much so in prayer because Nicole is very talented and she knows the Lord. She's very talented and she knows the Lord. I'm glad that everything happened the way that it happened. I wouldn't, you know, so as much as I went through all of that, I also realized that what, how people treat one another stems from how maybe they were treated, how they grew up, any of that stuff. I was going to say, what about, right, because Robin now, I mean, you've claimed that this wasn't a music group, that it was a bunch, like, you know, and Robin said you were never in the group after you said this, but that you said that being in the group was similar to a prostitution ring. So what did you mean by that? Because that's when Robin then said- I meant just that. I meant just that. People are uh, pimped out, you know, or you're you're basically making money for other people. So I don't retract anything I said. She never filed a lawsuit then. No, but when, I mean, I see what you're saying, but when you hear a prostitution ring, my mind goes to like, were you told by Robin to sleep with men to make this group um, successful? I'll put it to you this way. I think comments being made to young girls that uh, <laughs> they can help the group, that's pretty, like I said, I'm not retracting anything I said. And if it wasn't okay with what I said, she should have sued. But she didn't. She tried to sue the Daily Mail because they have more money. So that's kind of more or less how I perceive. Uh, look, if, if you if you really think that I am making it up, you would come after my jugular, wouldn't you? If, if someone says something like that, it's not true. You wouldn't go after the publication. You would go after the person. You would want the person ruined. Um, and she didn't because she knows that I'm not lying. So, you know, you go after the publication, hopefully you'll get some money. Maybe they can retract the statement. Um, but they're not going to retract the statement and I'm not retracting mine. So that's that. What about, you said like someone had like an abortion, someone had like a breast job, like it went that far where she would say. Oh, I think, I mean, look, all of the girls, look, I can't, again, I can't speak for every single person and their abuse, but you know, yeah. That's not, you know, I know, I know that sounds crazy to some that's hearing this, but we are in an industry 
that nowadays it's accepted to be a mom. It's accepted and, and kind of, you know, thank Kylie Jenner for, you know what I mean, like making it cool to be a young mom. But that was not the time that we lived in, you know. Uh, there was a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, and abortions happened. And there's actually a, a girl that was fired from one of the other groups. I know all of these people. That's what's so funny is that um, when I'm saying this, I'm, I'm, I, I know personally one of the girls from one of the other groups, like the group that I was saying that went through that uh, situation with one of their bandmates. She was fired because she didn't want to have a second abortion. She was forced to have a first one. So I don't want to, be, again, I don't want to talk about anyone else's abuse but my own. But yes, uh, get rid of it was something that I heard. So what was the worst, like out of all of this, like what did you consider like the final straw? Like what was the worst thing that was done to you where you were just like, I have to get out of here? I mean, ba baby pictures losing and daily check-ins on weight. I'm not saying that that's light stuff. But, like, no. what was the final few, like, what was the worst thing that just, you were like, I'm done? Um, well, it was a two, it, it was a two, couple things that happened. Um, one, what we were paid. Two, the abuse. Three, you know, just being told how fat you all of this, now go out and sing. And, and I remember there was these, you know, and, and executives coming on to you and that kind of stuff because someone has already decided to do that with their career um and I've never had to do that you know like like I said I never went through that with R. Kelly never went through that with Capitol Records you know um who decided to do that with their career though in this situation oh I think I don't need to say who I think everybody knows I think everybody knows there's been enough write-ups on that I don't need to go again I don't want to talk about anyone else's abuse but my own I don't think that's also fair to those women um I that's can only say that it it's not and I, as much as I, but I have respect for a lot of those girls too, because they're all very talented. I, so I don't want to slander anyone. Um, you know, Robin was very talented to come up with what she came up with, but you know, you get more beats with honey, how she treated us was very, very horribly, very horribly. Um, and we made her a lot of money. We didn't see the money. We still, we still don't get residuals on any of that. So don't worry. Other people will speak about it. I'm sure. And how much do I, well, no, I, I wasn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to say, because you kept no. saying, like, how much you were paid, like, for all of this work. Like, how much were you paid? We were paid $500 a week. We're the number one girl group in the world. I have my paycheck stuff to prove it. So, again, if she wants to sue, come on, let's go. Like, that's what happened. Wow. Yeah, wow is right. So, that's my opinion on all of it. It, it was a lot. It was a lot to go through for that. I could have made more money working at 7-Eleven, and I wouldn't have to endure all that abuse. The defining moment, hand to God, the defining moment, two little girls in the front row of Divas Live, because we were, me and Melody were coming through the audience, and one had to have been like six or seven, and the other one was like four or five. I remember the little one looked at her sister, and she's like, oh, she's a pussycat doll. She was looking up to me like I was a Spice Girl, the way I looked at the Spice Girl. And I remember feeling really sick in my stomach because I just had an abortion. I was just told how fat my ass was, making $500 a week. And then shortly after that, you know, I'm pushing off an executive in the limo on the way to the airport. You know, like it was a lot in one day. Uh, I was still losing my child, which is probably why Robin thought I was 
you know, fat. So, um, you know, try that on for size at 19 or 20 years old, what that does to a, a very young mind. Um, and I remember in that moment not wanting them to be me, what I had become. And I had a responsibility to these young girls. I did. I had a responsibility that I was complicit in, in saying that this is what you want to become. This is beauty. This is fame. This is what it is to be successful. And I thought, you know, I don't have a child now, but one day I will. And I would never want her to become what we have become. So those young girls, you know, now and they're probably, you know, 20s, uh, they changed my mind in a moment. They had a, a, a very big effect on my heart. Like, and you can't change that back. Like, it was like, boom. And I knew then I have to get out of this. I don't know how, but I got to get out of this. And, uh, yeah. When you, so when you did say being in the Pussycat Dolls was like being in a prostitution ring, and then, right, that's when Robin said you were never in the group. How was, what did that feel like? I mean, there, right, you said there's video out there. There's pictures. I mean, I, 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 I see you. Yeah. So that it proves that she's already live. You know, hey, I, truth is a hard thing to face, you know? Yeah. And that, but the, truth, the truth does set you free. So if you're willing to lie that I was a dancer, when I'm not, I mean, dancer. but compared to some of the girls in that group, there were real dancers, but I was a singer, and that's why I was there. So I was in the group or to say that, like, I was only a dancer. I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to say, but honestly, do I feel like I won in the end? I really do. Because I got out. I kept to my integrity. The men in the industry never thought that I didn't, you know, still care about doing business with them. I still, this way, um, you know, they saw that my my integrity was to sound and was to music. Um, I never undermined any of the production side. I finished my job, what I had to do for that, uh, for that time. And I respected everyone on, you know, when it came to the music side, um, because that is my world. And, um, but I did, I did speak up about the Pussycat Doll abuse because of the shooting in Las Vegas. So the shooting happened in Las Vegas. So if you want to know how that all, how I even talked about this. Yeah. Um, Robin Anton put out a press release, which got picked up by uh, Cosmopolitan. I actually have the article um, that uh, says uh, that the Pussycat Dolls are coming back together and doing, you know, and she was promoting it after the shooting. And I just thought, you know, no, you're not going to do that. So here's the truth. Now, what why, it, why include my name? Which way? Right, yeah, you're right. What about, I mean, like you said, you were really good friends with Nicole in the beginning. Like, was that hard when she started to change? And what was the change? Just like an overall desire to be famous? Um, yeah, I mean, drive, you know, drive, ambition, uh, that shifts judgment. 
Um, but, you know, I, I, that's why I removed myself from the equation. I felt like, you know what, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the one that, you know, isn't okay with the way things are going. But look how the industry is showing itself now. I mean, the industry is really showing their, showing that with, you know, how they roll. It's, uh, it's very, it's, it's not, it's not what it should be. I think when you have the microphone, when you're a performer, you really need to bring a higher level of consciousness. You need to bring the world together. You need to say something that matters. People are starving. People are hurting. People are in pain. You need to make the world better. And if you're just there to look pretty and cause shock value, then that's just a waste of space. Because I can go anywhere at any time and find people who can do that. But when you find people that make you believe in yourself and make you believe that you're capable of something better and who speak for the those that can't that's really what it's about that's why there's icons and then there are just artists right what do you think you know? of no that makes sense what do you think of like the whole like free britney movement and like what's going on with britney oh my gosh i love britney uh britney was a sweetheart to work with when we worked with her so you know i ultimately <laughs> You thought you were on the phone. She's so cute. Um, yeah, I love Brittany. Brittany was actually one of the nicest people to ever work with. She was a humble, beautiful soul. And um, I'm rooting for her. I'm really rooting for her because she's immensely talented. Look, you sold 100 plus million records. Give the girl a break, okay? Um, you know, she she is a powerhouse and a very talented girl. I'm praying for her all the time because I think she's just amazing. Um, and one of the most down-to-earth artists I have ever met. And I can count them on one hand. But she, she's a good person. And I think she's also talented, you know? When did um, you guys work with Brittany? Was it after, I mean, quote-unquote, she shaved her head and that whole thing? Or was it before? Before that. Before that. And just a total professional, like showed up, did the work. Yeah. Showed up, did the work, was super kind. Um, just humble, not affected by her celebrity. And I mean, she was a big star. She wasn't a small star. So just really a uh, sweet soul. I remember just thinking like, wow, uh, not at all what I thought I was going to encounter. And, um, and she morphed before the show like I watched her basically like go from like you know I'm so, so nervous y'all she had like her draw and then just before the show and they're counting it down she like sucked her tummy and pushed her shoulders back and it was like a different woman it was like like it's Brittany B-I-T-C-H that that was what was up it was like recognized it was fierce wow. and I was like whoa wow you're a star yeah even though it's a different situation, like, do you have, you know, like, I don't know if PTSD is the right word, but do you have, like, correlations of, like, you know, Britney's in this conservatorship, free Britney, and, like, does any of that resonate with you from what you were going through? Like, free Kaya. <laughs> yes. Yes, because I wasn't allowed to sing for three years after I left the group. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's rules. And, and it's tough. And you are under a microscope. Um, but hers is on a whole nother level and she's, you know, if she does this, she's not right. If she does that, she's not right. She can't win. You know, no matter what she does, she's under the microscope. And I think 
the reality of it is, is like, hey, they're human beings. Like, you know, don't fault anyone. And I, and, and even in the struggle of the things that I've gone through, that I've witnessed, and the people that we spoke about earlier, um, I do pray for all of them. I hope that they find salvation. I hope that they find, you know, peace in their spirit, and they, you know, ask for forgiveness because I can't help anything but my side of the street. As Brittany can only worry about her side of the street. But people that have wronged, you know, you you can you can right your wrong. You can fix it, you know. And I and I hope that they find peace in their spirit because, you know, we've all done we've all sinned. We've all done things we're not proud of or, you know, but I think I've just started to take accountability of the actions that I've put myself through. Uh, which is why I'm public about being pro-life and speaking about abortion and because I did that. I made those choices because someone put pressure on me. Um, am I going to blame Robin? No. Ultimately, I, I did it. I did it. Um, but I'm now going to speak for those that can't, that are the unborn, because, um, you know, I made a choice that I, I regret every day of my life. And I've never met a parent that regrets their child. But as someone who didn't have my child, I regret not having it. So, um, you know, I, I take accountability. Um, and you don't and blame Robin at all for that, even though? No, I've, I've forgiven her with all the things that I've gone through, actually. Oh, that makes sorry. sense. I've forgiven her with all the things that she caused. Because if I didn't forgive her, then I would really not be the Christian that I am, you know? Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it eats away at you if you don't for, forgive someone. Yeah. What about, so think, oh, sorry, I didn't interrupt you. I was going to say, what about, because you said Brittany was such a great, you know, guest at the Pussycat Dolls, what celebrity or celebrities were just like the worst? Like they came in with like the entourage, the attitude, and you're like, oh my God, like get over yourself. You know what? We really didn't have any. There was, that was more internal than it was external. <laughs> Everybody that came, you know, um, I remember Scarlett Johansson was off. Awesome. Yeah, no, Scarlett Johansson, um, Scarlett Johansson, confident. She came in, she was very sweet. I Me, mean, I should uh, leave actually. She was like, I wouldn't let anyone talk to me that way. Um, so she was really confident. I remember being like, oh, wow, like such confidence, you know, at 19. And then, um, and she no, told you but, what you she, know, she, they, they all, she said to you, I wouldn't let anyone talk to me that way. Why? Cause she heard someone talk to you a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, getting good advice from Scarlett. Oh, none of it, listen, none, none of this stuff. Yeah. I think it was great advice from Scarlett Johansson. I think it was the best advice. Um, no, everything was done very publicly. Like it wasn't done just in the behind the scenes and just at midnight, you know, it was in front of people. It was embarrassing. Um, in front of people in the industry, you know, and, she was just one of those girls that was so confident. She was, a, she was a superstar, you know. So for her, she was just like, why are you letting anyone talk to you like that? You know, she just had that confidence. And I remember being the same age as her and being like, wow, I want that. Like, she, she just had this. She did, I, it was just intoxicating, this confidence of self-worth that I really felt like this girl is powerful. You know, she knows who she is, and she's not letting anyone mess with her. Um, so she inspired me. Carla Johansson inspired me for sure. Um, Maya was so sweet. One of the sweetest artists to work with. Um, 
Carmen Electra actually super sweet too, super sweet. Um, and Brittany, very sweet. So most of the women that came through, you know, also Samir Armstrong, who was in the OC, she was very cool. She was very cool. We're actually still friends to this day. So we love um, her. Yeah, she's awesome. So there are a lot of, but most of the women that were part of, you know, coming in and doing stuff was just, you know, they, they knew who they were. They were talented in their own right. And uh, they never brought a, I, we never experienced that. That was something that I think went to more of the internal side of the fence than anyone coming into that was from the outside. So believe it or not, you would think, you would think some of the superstars would be coming with like the attitude, but they yeah. actually came with a lot of grace. Yeah. What about because you've gone to the Grammys a lot, you know, like you, your career did go on. Why couldn't you work? You said you couldn't work for three years after, like, was that just because of a contract or like people were bad mouthed? Like, why couldn't you work for three years after? Oh, no, no, no. This contract. Contract. Yeah. Um, there was things in a contract like you can't, you know, there's just things in a contract. And also, because um, my voice was a part of certain things that then came out and stuff like that. So you have, you know, there are rules, there's rules. Um, but then once they had their second album, I then was free and clear. So and you, um, and you, That's good. And you never, you know, it must have been so bad. Because look, Doncha was a huge freaking hit. You never looked back and said, what, just, I should have endured that abuse, just done whatever Robin said. Like, you never had that moment. No, no, um, no, no. Um, I had a lot of people say that to me, though. I had a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, don't you wish that to you right now? I had people say, oh, you should never have left, you know. Um, but, you know, what would it take? Let's think about it. What would it take if you were 21 to walk away from a $13 million record contract, your friends, your family, essentially, the people you work with every day, and the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. It, what would it take for you to walk away from that? How bad would it have to be? There's things that I can't publicly share and I won't because it's too much. And I think that at a later date, maybe, but I don't think it's, I don't think I need to do that. I think I've expressed enough. Um, not this on the next one. Um, so, you know, it would have to be pretty bad. It would have to be pretty bad for you to walk away from that. Um, and I think, you know, I just chose to be to my own drum. I, I don't believe in not being integrity-driven in the workspace. And, hey, if you fall in love with somebody and you're working with them, that's different. But if you're doing it to climb the ladder, like, I don't I, – nobody has time for all that. This is like we're trying to – we're trying to build something huge, you know what I mean? And, and to be honest, the Pussycat Dolls really could have been – the Spice Girls. The Spice Girls, you know, had how many albums? They had multiple, you know, Pussycat Dolls were like here and then gone. And now they're trying to do, you know, a comeback, which is awesome. Good on them. But the truth is, is like, it could have gone way further is what I'm saying. It could have gone further. And I think that comes down to when you don't do something on solid ground, it's going to be shaky. Um, you know, so that's just how I interpret it. But no, I, I don't regret any of the choices. I, I think I made the best choice for me. And, um, you know, if I could go back, I would do it all over again. Because at the time, it didn't make sense. And at the time, I was very, like, 
this is tough, you know. Um, but now, with my career now, where I'm at now, you know, I'm I'm really blessed and I feel like really honored that um, God gave me the instincts and the, surrounded me with people like Scarlett Johansson to remind me of my value and to remind me that, you know, I'm a singer. I, you know, that's what I want to do. Like the little girl that I talked about earlier in this interview, uh, being like six years old, wanting to sing like Whitney Houston, you know, and, you know, getting my first song ever from the Lord, winning a Grammy, the whole album. Um, and the Pussycat Dolls never did that. And I don't think they ever will. And I think that's, that's okay too. But I wanted to be a Whitney Houston. I didn't want to be a Supreme. And that kind of more or less, you know, you got to be what you want to be, but go after it. And don't just sit and tolerate abuse or whatever it is. If you're not happy, stand up for yourself. Um, you know, there's power in that. Even though you might be mm-hmm. alone, even though, you know, people may not think it's cool, and even though you may lose all your friends, you know, stand up for something. And, you know, because I think that's how you also resonate with people and fans. Um, you know, people know all the Pussycat Doll songs, but they don't know all the girls. And I know more of the Spice Girls. I can name all of them more than I remember their songs. You know, so it, I think it's, you know, that was more of Menudo. I felt like the dolls were more Menudo. They were trying to be Menudo. And Menudo was cool, but, you know, it was a revolving door, you know? You remember Ricky Martin, period. There you go. Which is kind of like, you know, you remember Nicole. Same, same. Well, I mean, like, to your point, you've gone on to go to the Grammys. Like, how much fun, like, is it backstage at the Grammys? Is, have oh, you ever have you ever met someone like at the like do you get starstruck like you ever ran into someone at the Grammys and you're just like I can't believe I just met this person and I freaking love them. You know what's so funny is I actually got starstruck when I met. Did you watch the Gilmore Girls? I was like into the Gilmore Girls, but um, yes, Laura, like the mom, like I met her and I was like, oh my gosh, you're a Gilmore girl! I was freaking out. I was more excited about meeting her than anything else, but no, um, no, not really starstruck with anyone. Um, no, I think because music's just so different. I feel like music, like we all speak the same language, so it's kind of cool. Like you shouldn't get intimidated for sure. When, you know, I went to see Dionne Warwick show last year in Vegas before like the, before the lockdown. Right. So like in, it was like January or February before the lockdown. Yeah. Um, I like she's like her arms are killing. Me. Um, I uh, I got really starstruck when she like pointed. She goes, "We have in the house, you know, Kai Jones. She's one of the former Pussycat Dolls. She's won a Grammy for singing for the Lord." When she called me out in the audience, I nearly died. I was like, "Oh my gosh, Dionne Warwick!" Like I freaked out because um, she's like she's a legend. She's Dionne Warwick. You know what I mean? That's that, and that's Whitney Houston's auntie. Who also has many Grammys. I don't know how I can hold this down, but you um, need to follow Dion on Twitter if you don't, because she's having a moment on Twitter. Is she really? Oh, she doesn't give a fuck what she says on Twitter. Dion is entertaining. <laughs> Excuse my language, but Dion is entertaining. I'm sorry, I have a horrible mouth. Dion is Dion is having a moment on Twitter. Yes. 
What is she saying? I can't wait. I love Dion. She I'm actually just, in a group. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Just, sorry. No, go ahead. She just calls it out like she sees it. I can't even think of like it's just literally everything. Dion just she's kind of like Cher yeah. on Twitter. Well, Cher blocked me, and I don't know what I did. I don't know what I said. I don't know what happened because I didn't. I don't know Cher. Like if anything, I grew up loving Cher, but I think someone tagged me with her when they were attacking my heritage. Um, and because she too is Native American, and I think someone was attacking her, and she just probably just blocked both people. But um, uh, which I I've never actually addressed. This is the first time I'm actually addressing it. But um, but Dion Warwick is actually she's the mom of my producer and also my bandmate. You know Damon Elliott. Um, you know he produced us in the Dolls. He's now given his life to God, and he's super talented. So. Um, I want to. I now have to go check out what Dion's saying. Is she just talking about everything that's going on in the world and the industry and how she feels? Pretty much, yeah. Amen. But getting Amen. get getting blocked by Cher, that's that's traumatic as well. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I did. I listen. I listen. I love. I love Cher. Cher's a veteran, and you know, she's an icon. You know, for sure. So when we start pushing hate this is what is going to cause the country to go upside down. And it did. And when someone's wrong, call them out. Whether it's Biden, whether it's Trump. We We got to push on because right now the world is, the world is going crazy. And, you know, you can't even go outside without wearing a mask. It's conditioning, you know, the the, the virus can only jump forward, you know, six feet forward and backward. It can't jump side to side. I mean, it's, it's, it's like common logic guys. Like let's use our brains. Let's be, proactive not reactive you know take care of your health do the right thing you know there's stuff we all have to do we all have to find a way to get along but we've got to work together i agree i have three very very quick questions before we wrap up i take it because like yes the pussycat dolls did come back reunited didn't really go so well there was no real album sales in any world would you ever consider it I mean, you're a grown adult now. You're in a better headspace for like a short, I don't even know what that would look like, not to take you back there, but would you ever consider it? No, but I would, I would love to be able to do something with the women that I shared the musical side with, you know, for, for Melody and Nicole, who were my friends. And Melody, who I've spoken to since, um, you know, I, I really do, pr- I pray for all of them because Jessica's very sweet, Kimberly's very sweet, Ashley's very sweet, Carmeet too, and she's a great mom. You know, like, I think they have to do what's right for them, and I wish them the best. But I also know, as they know, what we all went through. And it's okay. Um, believe it or not, I have their back more, more than they know because I was the one that said what we all wanted to say. And I'm okay with being the one that said it because it's the truth. And, so, you, and you think Nicole will one day also speak? Oh, I hope so. I hope she does. I pray she does. She knows God. She's a good heart. She's a good soul. She's talented. You know, I hope so, man. I hope so. Because, she could really help a lot of women. She has a platform. You know, when you got a platform, say something real. 
don't just be, you know, the pretty girl that posts pictures. Say something that touches our heart because right now the world needs real artists and she is capable of it. And she's, she's talented, man. I've always supported that girl. I supported her then. I support her now and whatever she chooses to do. And I pray for her. I think she, you know, she's had to live with and reflect on everything as I have had to, and all of us have had to, but I, I really do wish the best for her and Melody because they both have awesome talent and in, in the music side, you know, and I've just heard about Jessica being pregnant. I'm so happy and proud for her on it's time that they became moms and stopped trying to feed into this narrative of we got to be skinny and perfect and we can't have family and that's not sexy and you can't be married and you can't have a baby. And I mean, come on, you know, it's this unrealistic agenda and that kind of pressure, you know, but now it's become cool. Now people are open-minded, but at the time, I mean, think about when Brittany got pregnant, you know what they put her through, I mean, they put her through heck. I mean, she was, like, constantly slandered about the baby and Kevin and, like, why'd she get married? And I'm thinking, like, the girl's done everything one can do. She sold over 100 million records, like, touring the globe, putting on these great shows. She wants to get married. Let the girl get married. Let the girl have a baby if she wants to be a mom and live in Malibu. Hey, guys. So we lost Kaya. Now, it's the end of the interview. Anyway, we were just going to talk some more about her new music. I really wanted her to talk about her new music. And she was driving during this interview at the end. So we have gone through a bad reception area. And, um, well, we're at an hour anyway. So we wanted to talk more about her new music. She has new music coming out. You guys have to check her out on Instagram. Kaya's just, what, what an open, honest guest. She, she was great. If you love the Pussycat Dolls, you would love her music. She is a force to be reckoned with. And that is our show for today. Love everyone. And no, she did not hang up on me, by the way, because, you know, if anyone's thinking that, that is not what happened. We love Kaya and uh, follow her on Instagram. Her new music is great. And thank you for listening. See you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.